Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Hey, it is time for Counterpoint. Today we got Mike Van Solen, principal over at Navigator Communications, and Kim Wright, VP Public Affairs over at Hill and Knowlton Public Affairs. Hey, guys. Great Oops. to be. Oh. I don't have you. Say hi again. Hey, how oh, are you? Hi, how are you? <laughs> Great to be here. <laughs> All right, let's start with the dark uh, part of the show. Yeah. Um, I just spoke uh, with um, Rodney Stafford. He's the father of Tori Stafford, of course, learning today that the woman who killed his child, Terry Lynn McClintock, is now living in a healing center for seven months. I mean, he was the last to know. This has really angered people. And um, so he's going to go to Ottawa November 2nd. He's going to bring as many people as he can it's because he's fighting. He wants to get some clarity in the sentencing so that families are prepared to hear, you know, how much time a killer is actually going to get in max security. And this is a federal issue. I'll start with you on this, Mike. But, you know, it, it, it just there's no balance in the justice system. It just seems no. completely skewed to making sure that the rights and well-being of the accused are always first and foremost. Yeah, no, this one, uh, this one's really over the top, and I can only imagine that the, uh, I think they'll, the family will find a lot of support, as they should, and uh, this, there's just no rational explanation. We are only eight years out, and that she's at a healing center now, uh, I, I just feel sort of rage, uh, sort of, you know, uh, an emotion within me uh, sort of welling up uh, just listening to it. Um, you know, this is why, you know, look, the previous government uh, federally, uh, Stephen Harper, brought in, you know, some mandatory sentences, yeah. brought in consecutive sentences for serious crimes, uh, just, to, just to ensure that, uh, you know, look, it didn't get at this, but to ensure that these type of things don't happen. But I understand the family's outrage, and I, I get it's an emotional, and we can talk about, uh, you know, what's the appropriate sentences and, 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 you know, rehabilitation, but this one is... This one's so gruesome, and and I get that all the details at the time of her uh, sentencing weren't uh, at the time of her deal weren't quite understood. Uh, but uh, well, none of us could talk about them to to, to broadcast what happened to that child. Uh, you you could not possibly tell people what actually happened. Right. It is that horrifying, and that's why most of the people who were there in the court as reporters, it's it I mean people were it was devastating to hear what happened to that child. So I think you know. If you get the detail, then you think, Jesus, what is a woman like that doing in a facility where there's children and women and cooking? Here's, here's Rodney. Let me just play, play Rodney what he, he said to me in the last segment, and I'll come to you, Kim. There's not nothing stopping her from being upset one day and doing something within that facility because she was angry. Like, some of these people have been in there for a while. They've made the attempt that's in changing their life. That's why they're giving these given these opportunities but like i said before this opportunity should never have never come around for somebody who's taken a child's life and he's right and kim i mean corrections canada will hide behind privacy rights and they will say we can't tell you why did she get there how how is it that she was able to be granted a minimum security facility yeah, that, that, there's a lot of people asking a lot of questions, and rightly so. What are the processes? What are the protocols? Why wasn't the family informed? I mean, if, if they were going up for parole, they would have informed the family that this would have come uh, come put forward. I don't know the terms and conditions of her deal. She had uh, no deal. She, she pleaded out to... That's what was so unique about it, is that right. you had this woman who spared the family the trial, but she did plead out to first degree. There were no special arrangements. She got an automatic life sentence. So she, like everyone else, goes to parole at 25 years. That's what was so unique. Uh, but now we find, oh, okay, you know. 
Yeah, I have. There are some serious questions that have been raised on a number of these uh, terrible tragedies that have, been, frankly, a, a lot of which have involved sexual predators and uh, people who do terrible things and torture children Homolka, and yeah. Homolka, et cetera. And I think if I am in the justice uh, department right now, I am uh, figuring out ways of what do we need to do? What changes can be made? And how has this happened? Because I think everyone who lived through any of the tra- any of the conversations around what happened to Tori Stafford and le- forgetting her, forgetting the name of the killers, mm-hmm. let's remember this was a this was a little girl who yep. was filled with life. Uh, that that life was taken from her, and I think we need to have a broader conversation. If we're going to talk about rehabilitation, that's fine. But what does that look like? And what do people who are struggling with this, including Rodney Stafford, well, what do they deserve to know? I don't even think we're talking about rehabilitation at this point. Like, I just don't even know where to direct my anger at this story. She did at, beat up it, a prisoner it, it, two years after right. she killed Tory Stafford. Like so it, this is not a woman who's like, you know, prisoner of the year. If I knew there was a deal, I mean, I could be, I could, I could be upset. Like if it was Carla Malka, I could be, you know, oh, you know, how, how did, how did this happen? They took the deal too quickly. They should have let all the evidence come through. Uh, but but you know that wasn't quite the case here, and and I get sort of more evidence came came to light uh, in time uh, with her partner's uh, trial. But um, but this is just the justice system writ large and how we're dealing with con- uh, confessed first degree murderers. Well, yeah, and, and you know what comes to mind, and I'll inquire with some lawyers: Are they grooming her for an early release? Is she maybe? I think after fifteen years, you can apply for early release. Is this the beginning stages of them trying to groom her and get her prepared for maybe possibly trying to get early release? I just know that if we're going to preserve and make sure the rights of the accused are protected in this country, it's high time that those shattered by these crimes are also given some protection. And I don't think it's a lot to ask that if you're going to move a prisoner to a nicer facility that they have a right to know she has applied for this so that you can maybe, you know, issue a motion to say, you know, this is not fair. We don't like this or whatever. I mean, but again... I think no. we've got some bigger, lots of questions to be asked in the Justice Department. And we're going to, we've started to see that in the conversations yesterday around Dylan Millard mm-hmm. and how he will be treated and uh, dealt well, again, with within the system. So. It will become an issue for the families that they have to watch and hear for the headlines and see what comes out. And like the French family, you hear these headlines every once in a while, something happens behind the scenes, the corrections people deal with it, and then the families learn after the fact. I mean, this is life. Well, Del- um, Della Millard should get at least consecutive sentences. Well, um, he will, but again, he could apply goodness. for things, or yep. maybe he, just like Terry Lynn, what's going to stop him from maybe going out to a facility in B.C. or a minimum security where he's playing golf and that? I mean, again, at what point do the families have any say in this? Well, they, they should have a lot of rights, and they should, you know, that it's a, it's a black eye on the justice system that, uh, you know, the Stafford family, you know, they did they didn't go above and beyond to make sure that he was reached out and, and everybody understood what was happening. For so. seven months, jeez. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. We've got Mike Van Solen and Kim Wright talking about the big headlines today. This one caught my eye, well, because it's kind of entertaining. Uh, question period. In Ottawa, getting a little bit feisty when a veteran... NDP MP used 
salty, unparliamentary language, blasting the Liberal government's push to complete Trans Mountain. Here is the comment that got his knuckles wrapped. Mr. Minister, Mr. Speaker, sounds like a most important relationship, doesn't it? Why doesn't the Prime Minister just say the truth and tell the Indigenous peoples that he doesn't give a f- about their rights? Well, that is MP Romeo Saganash. He's a veteran NDP MP. I'll start with you on this, Kim. Um, Look, he's clearly angry uh, with Mr. Trudeau, who has been getting a couple of headlines of late over issues dealing with Indigenous. I mean, I've got my own questions. You know, with all the billions we spend, I'm more worried about where the drinking water is. But here we got an MP who's very angry. Romeo has been flagging issues for years, uh, his own lived experience, as well as as an MP. Uh, he has uh, not shied away from being controversial. He's also not shied away from calling it like it is. And it, you know, would I have suggested he uh, uh, use fuddle-duddle like uh, <laughs> the prime minister's uh, father once used? Oh, yes. Or piece of, uh, what did what did Mr. A piece of pit was? Uh, you know, there's, you know? there's all sorts of ways to be clever about it. Mm. But uh, Romeo uh, led with his heart on his sleeve on this one and I'm prepared to give him a pass and and frankly for the first time in a while we're talking about some of the uh, some of these broader issues so <laughs> I, I, I think let's be fun every once in a while in the in Queen's Park and or sorry in the House of Commons and question period and let's ask some questions. Yeah, look, it got everyone's attention. People are yeah. talking about it, but the real issue is I think uh, they're you know this is a government that made huge promises to the indigenous uh, population in this country. They have not really delivered. No, they've and I'm being prom- polite. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. I, I mean, look, uh, we wouldn't want to hear this kind of language every day at, at Parliament Hill, but I don't take issue with uh, him expressing frustration on behalf of the First Nations communities. And the problem is the prime minister has tried to be all things to all people. Mm-hmm. And, so, you know, Canadians, we voted for it. Uh, we said we. that, you know, <laughs> no. well, you know, the royal, the royal, in the we royal we, whatever, whatever 40%, whatever plurality of us d- thought uh, that would be a good choice uh, did that. Uh, but, uh, you know, on this issue, the prime minister said, I can be all things. I, I can build pipelines. I can be a climate change fighter. I can do consultations. I can be a woman. Uh, I can be a woman. Uh, and now we're seeing it play out again at the United Nations. He, he, you know, just uh, two, three months ago, he says, no, I'm going to speak my mind whenever human rights abuses take place, and I'm going to call out Saudi Arabia, and I don't <laughs> care. You know, that that's the way it's going to be. Well, now we're going to run for a U.N. Security Council seat. <laughs> and so, you know, for two years, we're going to have to be really nice, and we don't know if uh, we don't know if the prime minister is not calling out human rights abuses or, or women or gays being uh, taken advantage yeah, of in, in other countries. Yeah, today he made a very grand statement about standing up for women, but he won't stand up to Iran. Yeah. So, stand up uh, for women. So, look, uh, when you try to be all things to all people, these things are going to happen. And uh, and I think particularly on this file, you know, I, I could say there's two files in particular. Uh, I'll let women comment as to whether he's really been a feminist prime prime minister. But I think the First Nations community has uh, has spoken up and uh, they haven't seen the proof in the pudding. Yeah, no, I, I don't need him virtue signaling on my behalf. I'm good with it. Thanks. Big girls can. Uh, we're good. We're good. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, the Houston Astro, uh, Roberto Osuno, who was an XJ, uh, charged with assault. It has been withdrawn in a Toronto court. He has been issued a peace bond. He's got to stay away from his, uh, I guess, the woman uh, in particular in this case uh, for at least a year. But he's not been convicted of anything. But the court of opinion has spoken on this. And if you were at the game last night, which apparently you were, this is what we heard, Kim. I was there. Yeah, listen. Right-hander number 54, Roberto Osuna. Can I hear you in that crowd? Are you booing? I am booing. You are booing. Really? So you booed a guy 
who technically he's not guilty of any crime, but he's been charged. You know, he uh, he took his deal. He took his deal with Major League Baseball. He sat out for the 75 games or whatever it was he needed to do. But look, I think we are having a bigger conversation about what is appropriate behavior and modeled behavior of athletes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's about time. I think the conversation that happened with Ray Rice, the football player who beat the bejesus out of his yep. his partner at the time mm-hmm. in, in an elevator that was caught on tape and ran everywhere, that was some of the most horrific scenes I've ever seen uh, in terms of that the media has put forward. For well, them. if we didn't have that picture, we didn't see that right. image. We, we didn't see what the picture yeah. was of Roberto Osuna. Fine, whatever he alleged, alleged <laughs> may or may not I'm have not done. Sued by him. He's got big lawyers. What, what he may or may not have done, but I can tell you being in that crowd last night, uh, such as the Jays crowd was last night, uh, that they were not having it. They were not having him. They were not having uh, whatever his uh, personal situation is there was a very much a sentiment of don't let the door hit you on the butt on the way out and uh you know sure in his he's like well i got the win i don't care and he did his usual finger point to the sky uh he's got some uh, he's got some bigger personal questions to answer and that's uh, between him and his lawyers and his uh and his former partner and the man in the sky yeah well look i mean doesn't a, a good um doesn't a good world series erase all this kind of stuff <laughs> well, uh, look, uh, his ability to throw a baseball over the the home plate uh, embraces a lot, erases a lot of things already because he still is making millions of dollars, and uh, he was traded. and And the Houston Astros said how they were, you know, kind of a family values organization. And I don't know what sort of penance uh, they asked uh, Robert Osuna to uh, perform, but uh, there he is, and he's uh, he's going to help them, and he may well end up uh, winning a World Series. Um, he he took a deal to you know you know there was a deal there was there was a thing and I and I get sometimes the the prosecutors don't have enough uh, to to sort of take well, they, it, take it all the way the, if she doesn't show up they cannot they right. cannot go for right him. and he and he still took a deal to you know not talk to her for a mm-hmm. year um, look I'm always nervous about you know as soon as someone is accused of something that the stench of it you know and if they're completely innocent the stench of it kind of hangs around. So we all have to be worried about that. You know, what is the due process for people who've been... There unf- is none. Unf- there is no such right. thing. That's the problem. That is the problem. I don't feel... I don't know if this is just as, as, as a, you know, a Jays fan who's, uh, you know, upset to having seen, lost the guy, but, but no, no, but, 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 but honestly, I don't, I don't feel, yeah. I don't feel in right. this case, that's it. I right. feel there was something to that story. Um, and um, so, so there it is. That stench hangs around a little it bit. Does, well, okay. But the same, st- there's a stench hanging around Brett Kavanaugh. This is a guy with a yeah. pristine professional uh, reputation. Uh, he is now the embattled Supreme Court nominee. He told Fox News last night that he couldn't have done this because do we have the clip of this, Mike? Oh. Uh, the audio. This is what he said to Fox. He said, this could not have happened to me because I, well, was this. We're talking about an allegation of sexual assault. I've never sexually assaulted anyone. I did not have sexual intercourse or anything close to sexual intercourse in high school or for many years thereafter. And the girls uh, from the schools I went to and I uh, were so friends. So you're saying that all through all these years uh, that are in question, you were a virgin? That's correct. He was a virgin. And, you know, maybe he had a cigar. <laughs> maybe he did Bill Clinton. But look, here's a guy who has not been given any due process. He is guilty in the court of public opinion. 
I, and now he's being laughed at because he came out and said, like, look, I was a virgin. I, I don't doubt for a second he was. I mean, <laughs> maybe he was, but... Look, as as we've talked about on talk radio before, you know, this is a guy you can't find some of his judicial records, but his agenda from high school that proved where he was and who he may or may not have been with seems to be able to be uh, produced. Hey, if, what, someone, if someone accused what, me of that, I would be darn well going back to the yearbooks and saying, yeah, yeah, find me that party. I want to know who you went know, to whether, what party. Whether or not this is uh, proven one way or another, the reality is we need to look at Supreme Court justices. They are going to rule on what is the definition of sexual assault. No, but that's not the but issue. What the is, issue is that anybody who comes forward in, in life now uh, politically is going to be taken out it, by a allegate. It's completely it's entire, unsubstantiated. It depends on how they handle it, how they deal with it, and if there is some truth to it. I mean, we look at nobody thought that Harvey Weinstein was a bad guy until everyone remembered that he was really a bad guy. Yeah, nobody thought like 80 women came out. But for years, mm-hmm. he was the gold standard of media. Uh, he was a media yeah. guy. There Les were Munoz there were was a great guy. Bill Cosby was America's dad until they realized he was a sexual yeah. predator. I th- All of these those things. Guys who had those, there's, there's guys who had certain uh, stench around them for a while. And I, and I find, you know, it's those guys who people kind of run away from the quickest. Yeah. Uh, Kavanaugh hasn't seemed to be that guy. There's been a, a, a yeah, like lot why was of he women taken out in 30 years of him being a judge. I mean, a lot guys, of women yeah. who have sort of stood up. It, it's a very difficult one. And unfortunately, uh, the, the Republicans, I think, are doing something of a disservice because they're trying to run it because they have a political need to to get this done before the midterms. I actually think if we could just let this play out, uh, we, we'd understand a little better uh, what the truth is or what the truth isn't. I don't know the guy. Well, let, uh, let her be heard. Let her but be is she heard. To be believed? Um, Absolutely let, not. Let her be heard and let a investigation and a court decide. Her let's, and let's the other out. people who have been coming forward. Let yeah. them be heard. Let them have their day sure. in all of this. But don't play games with it. So I can't but, show up and have a plane ticket. But, you know, look. <laughs> you want to play this game? At the, at the end of all of this, if you're going to be a Supreme Court justice for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. I think it is entirely accurate to say, let's look at the totality of your decision-making process, how it has evolved or not, uh, and what does that look like? Because you will be making decisions. Sure, judge them on that. And, 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 and what I would say, yeah. and I would say quickly is, I'd rather just have it all out now because I don't want him in the seat of Supreme Court judge. Right. And then, like, what's the process to deal with it after he's appointed? I don't think there's any so, process. So any let's uh, let's let's have it out now and uh, and make sure that we Americans are good with that decision. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks. Good conversation. Appreciate you joining it. Mike Van Zolen, Kim Wright joining us tonight. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.